Welcome to another episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. I'm joined today by Wendy Morris and Chris Fair from Fort Vermillion School Division. And if you guys would like, could you just tell us a little bit about yourselves in the context of your school? Sure, I am Wendy Morris and I'm the Assistant Principal here at Buffalo Head Prairie School. And I'm Chris Fair, the Principal at Buffalo Head Prairie School. We are a K-9 school. Um, we're in a rural community and all of our students are bused in. Uh, we have approximately 210 students in our school. Uh, we have 13 staff members, uh, teaching staff members, and another 10 support staff members. And something interesting about our school is we are in a low German speaking Mennonite community. And I would say about 95% of our students are ESL um from a low german speaking background we have a tremendously supportive school community uh, and that's one of the blessings um, that we have and something that we get to uh, take advantage of every day um, we're grateful for that that's fantastic so you're in a rural community northern alberta low german speaking mennonite community how did you come to hear about collaborative response well there's a little guy named Curtis Hewson who used to work up here when he started his first year of teaching. And that was our first experience with him. Yeah, and to be honest with you, um, I had the honor of being Curtis's best man at his wedding. Uh, so Curtis uh, is a good friend of mine uh, and will always be a good friend. And a, a really interesting story here is uh, we were roommates together many years ago. Um, and I heard him talking about something a long, long time ago about a pyramid of supports. And uh, Curtis was, uh, something I'll tell you about Curtis is that he never ever stopped working. And he was so passionate. And so he would talk about this pyramid of supports and I would ask some little questions here and there along the way. Uh, but I think um, that initial idea morphed into something so much more. Uh, and I can certainly see how um, his thinking has evolved into CRM today. And I think it was in about 2018, our school division um, brought Curtis and Lorna up to do some PE for our admin team. Um, and that's how we got into collaborative response. And then for the first time, it, I think it was 2000, 2018, 2019, when our school started using the collaborative response model. So share a little bit about your school's collaborative response journey. How did you go about implementation? What is it looking like now compared to how it started? At the very beginning, um, we just tried to understand and define what CRM was. What is CRM anyway? At that point, um, very few of us truly had much of an idea at all. Um, and then we began to understand really Ultimately, in my mind, is, is, is CRM is, is a process for us to collaboratively work together as a staff to, um, and ultimately as a school community to make sure that kids are not falling through the cracks and that they all have this, the opportunity to be successful in school. So the first year that we started off with CRM, um, we focused on connectivity. And that was the area that we really zoned in on and all our meetings were around firstly connectivity um, over the years, we've come to structure our meetings very differently. That first year, they were during the school day, and we provided coverage for teachers. Um, we divided up our groups from kindergarten to grade three. 
our teachers in grades four to six were together and our teachers in grades seven to nine met together, um, as well as with support staff and we provided coverage for the classes. Over the years, things have changed a little bit. We found for our school a structure that works um, a lot better. And um, we've changed our groups a little bit to make it more effective for our school. In what ways have you changed your groups? Right, so we now what we do is we have after school meetings. Um, so we meet after school about once a month and our groups are kindergarten to grade two, um, grade three to grade five and grade six to grade nine. Um, we just found that worked better for us number wise. Our school has a lot of children in kindergarten to grade two right now. So a lot of um, support staff support as well. And we include our support staff in our meetings. We find that interaction between support staff and teachers is very, very valuable. It was a huge growth item for us to move from um, having meetings that involved all staff to moving to meetings where we uh, divided our staff into three different groupings so that more um, staff had the opportunity to share what they were thinking, to provide insights. And it, it became a really wonderful thing because one thing we strive for at this school is, is to make sure that everybody is all equal. It doesn't matter what, what um, position you have in the school, we're all equals. And so uh, this allowed us to uh, continue with that and help people feel that whether they were an educational assistant or a um, teacher or an administrator or a cook or a secretary, everybody had an important um, role in the school and each and every person had important experiences to share. And Chris mentioned the smaller group sizes. Our, um, our groups range in size from about five to the biggest group would be probably around eight people, eight or nine people. And we find just time-wise that really helps us keep focused um, and gives everyone time to speak. Curtis mentioned to me that you've learned some lessons along your journey of implementing collaborative response. Would you care to share any of those lessons learned? Well, I think that first lesson was um, because for several years we tried, we just tried to find different ways to make it work with a whole, with a large group. And um, breaking that structure into smaller groupings was just enormous for us. It allowed us to do so many different things uh, more effectively. Um, so that was one lesson that was learned for sure. Yeah, another lesson would be just the power of a staff united together with one goal, wrapping around all their students to ensure success. Um, it, it's really a benefit for us, as Chris mentioned, to have um, support staff and teachers working together. There's some really awesome instructional conversations that come out of there as the teachers share what they're doing in their class to help students and the support staff talk about what they are doing to help students. And we really find, find that that has helped our staff to really dig deeper and to really learn about both teaching and learning and how to help students. An example of that would be if a teacher is using a certain strategy. Recently, our teacher started, um, we were having a CRM on um, literacy and our teachers have started using structured word inquiry. So a teacher was talking about how they use structured word inquiry to help students figure out vocabulary in context. A support staff heard about it and started asking questions um, and really neat instructional conversation between teachers and support staff that wouldn't have happened before. 
I'd say another lesson that was learned was um, we really strive to make CRM a part of our everyday culture. And so in the, in the infancy of CRM, I think it was all about that one meeting monthly. And then maybe people would have forgotten about things and might have forgotten about the student that they were going to take an action with. And that's probably quite common. Um, but we really wanted this um, to be part of our everyday culture. And so uh, we moved to a place where um, we began to give reminders to our staff not to forget their actions, whether it be a sticky note or a reminder on the phone. We put it into our weekly memo. Um, and, then, and then it progressed beyond that. It became part of our conversations. Um, recess conversations around the staff room table, and it became uh, part of our conversations with our school council, our parent council. Uh, it became uh, something that we talk about to our parents uh, during parent-teacher interviews. And so uh, CRM became more than just that monthly meeting. It became a part of our school culture. And another cool thing that changed about our school culture is um, the students in a teacher's class they tend to refer to them every year as my students. These are my students. And now when our teachers talk about the students in the school, they have a view more that they're our students. Um, and we've really started to, I would say most of our staff members know the name of every single student in our school, just from the conversations that we've had around them. And we've put a real priority on their our students in the school. Interesting, a uh, kind of a funny story to go with that is, a few years ago, because of this, we actually began printing off uh, the picture of every student in every class. So we, and we um, provided each staff member with that portfolio of student pictures. Um, and the challenge was to, to now go beyond knowing the students in your own class, but to know the name of every single child in the school and to make this all about all of our kids instead of just your class of kids. Wow. I have one more lesson. I think um, we've really worked on building our staff leadership capacity. Um, at first, when we did CRM, Chris and I tried to do everything ourselves. Um, we had to lead every group. We had to do a lot of the organization work ourselves. And something that Curtis suggested to us that's worked really well for our school, um, we have three groups that run at the same time. So every time we have CRM, we start together as a whole group. Um, we have a short introduction where we talk about what the focus is for the day. So we focus either now on connectivity, numeracy, or literacy. And um, we sometimes talk about other things in the meeting as well, but that we have one main focus. And after our initial um, meeting together, that only lasts for 10 or 15 minutes. We break up into three separate groups. Um, Chris takes one group. I take another group. And then we needed another person in our staff um, that could take a group, um, but we wanted somebody who didn't teach a specific grade level because every meeting we rotate which group we lead. So we actually used one of our EAs. Um, she works with our primary students, our junior high students right across the board. So she's familiar with all of our students and she is the one that leads one of our groups. Um, she does a fantastic job. She keeps things right on track. Um, and it's just really neat that she's able to do that and step up in that way to help out. And kudos to you guys for, for figuring out a way to clone yourselves <laughs> so that you could expand the number of groups that you had. 
<laughs> well, like Wendy was saying, um, it's been it's been really great to see. Um, not only do they staff members do what Wendy was talking about, they also uh, are involved in taking minutes. Um, we have timekeepers, we have interrupters, we have, um, and that was something that Curtis uh, helped us with as well. Um, so there's a variety of roles, norm keepers, a variety of roles that each staff member has so that uh, um, they have a vested interest in the meeting and it's an important part of what they do as well. In every meeting, we review the norms, we review the roles, um, we have them assigned to different people. Um, we focus on one of the norms. The last meeting we had last week was to focus on things that we can control. Um, and we find that works really well for us. So it sounds like you guys have grown your process from you know that, that one monthly meeting you had with all your staff to now everybody has a role within their groups. Sounds like you guys have had quite the journey. What might be some next steps you're thinking about taking with the collaborative response in your school? Well, one thing we are still working on um, is to build our continuum of supports. We had it built. We decided it wasn't working for us. We tore it apart. And right now we actually have three poster boards hanging up in our staff room um, where people are putting ideas onto it. Um, and we're going to look at it and just continue to grow with it. So how did you decide that that was going to be the next step? Honestly, I think um, it's always ab been about continuously trying to improve in this area. That's why we purchased uh, the resources. Well, we talked to Curtis after some of the sessions that we have, and it's all, it's all about continuous improvement. And so I think for us, that was the logical next step. A lot of the basic things um, that we were really expected to establish had been done. And for us, this was the next step to try to, I guess, just build the overall model. Yeah, and this year our central office brought back, we had monthly meetings with Curtis where he kind of reviews over um, different topics. And the one month, as he goes through things, we reflect on what we're doing as a school and we reflect on how we can do it better. And when we got to the continuum of supports, Chris and I both looked at each other and we thought there's problems with our continuum of supports. I don't, we didn't think it was working exactly the way it should. Um, so yeah, we just revisited it. And I feel like um, this continuum, continuum of supports, like Wendy said, we, we built it, we broke it apart, we're building again. And I think this continuum of supports is really critical to doing this right and to doing this well and to making sure it's communicated and understood by everyone. And that's why when you say, what is your next steps? We think that's our next step and it's a big one. And it was the, the last meeting we had with it was quite neat because as we were looking at level one, the things that are universal to our school, we looked at literacy, we looked at numeracy, and it was really neat to hear the teachers talking about what are the key foundations to literacy? What are the key foundations to numeracy? What are we all teaching kids that is important for them to be able to read, for them important to be able to do math? It was just really, really neat conversations. We've come a long way in our, our understanding of data to drive instruction. However, uh, we are also two administrators that believe wholeheartedly in the fact that it's, it can never be just about the data. There's a whole lot of the heart that needs to come out as well. And so we try to mesh both of those. So it sounds like you're well on your way. Do you have any additional thoughts around collaborative response you might like to share? Use a stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> keeps you on track <laughs> and for us it's just a journey this is uh there's yeah. not a finish line it's a journey and uh we just want to keep improving and doing the best we can 
help all students find success. Yeah. I thank you both for taking the time to be here. I know it's a Friday afternoon that we're recording this. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your week to share your journey. I know that our audience is going to appreciate and be able to connect with some of those learnings that you've had through that process. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you for you. having us.